0: Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Be sure to tune in to whatever Bethesda Church is doing on our website, BethesdaChurch.tv or check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Now, let's jump into today's message. Good morning, Bethesda Church. How's everybody doing today? Good. Good to see you guys. Anybody excited to be in church today? Amen. I'm excited you're here. Those in-house and those watching online, thank you so much for being here today. Before I dive into the Word of God, I do want to mention to you um, that next week we are hosting um, a guest that I'm very, very excited about. Uh, I I recently had the opportunity to connect with, with this individual Uh, And he has a um, large, large platform. His name is Dr. Asa Andrews. um, And he will be here next week in both the 9 o'clock and the 11 o'clock services. um, And he will be offering a free seminar next Sunday evening at 6 p.m. He is ranked uh, number one as a motivational influencer. He is an international best-selling author, a world leader in health psychology, and host to the largest daily syndicated health audio talk program in the world. He's been seen on NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, and Fox. Uh, He is, to health and wellness, what what Dave Ramsey is to finances. Um, And he's gonna be with us next week. Anybody think that's gonna be a really cool day? (laughs) Uh, and so it's going to be awesome. Uh, he's going to preach the gospel in the two morning services, and he's going to connect it to health and wellness. Uh, and then that night, he's offering a free seminar, much like what Dr. Dave Martin did when he was here. Uh, so next week's going to be an amazing day. Uh, so make plans to be here. Uh, before we, um, with all that being said, how many have enjoyed mind games so far? Have you enjoyed the series? Amen. I have so much enjoyed. Teaching and preaching this series, I've had a a ton of feedback that has been so positive. So many people have received uh, from this word. I mean, as we are uh, applying these truths to renew our own minds so that we can become who God has called us to be, uh, I want to call this last message, we're closing it out today, I want to call it Light It Up. So go ahead and look at your neighbor and tell them, light it up. All right, I'm not talking about three-pointers, all right? I'm talking about the Word of God. We're going to light it up uh, with this last message, and I believe it's going to be uh, a game-changer. Um, we, I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of stuff, um, and to be honest with you, I could probably preach all year on, on this subject. Um, you know, there's just so much content in the Word of God that we can apply, and maybe we'll revisit uh, the mind later on. But I hope that you have been blessed by it. Um, As we get into this, I want you to write a couple of things down because I want to revisit a couple of things that I do not want you to forget. The first thing I want to to share with you is this. Mind management is the key to a healthy life. All right? Mind management is the key to a healthy life. Uh, I cannot get a grip on my life until I first get a grip on my mind. And so that's, that's why we've been spending so much time here. If, if your mind is constantly running and racing and, and you go from, from one hour to the next and you can't bring your thoughts uh, captive and, and kind of uh, focus your attention and focus your thoughts, then your life is going to be all over the place. As Christians, we don't usually give a lot of uh, attention to the mind. We think in terms of being spiritual, but being spiritual is controlling your mind. Being spiritual is controlling your thoughts. And we've, a lot of times, we even take things like meditation. And we think that meditation comes from Eastern religions. And, and we've allowed them to, uh, those false religions, to define what meditation is. But meditation, guys, is, it's a godly concept. God gave us the power of meditation. Meditation, simply put, means to take a promise of God or to take the word of God And to speak it under your breath over and over that's meditation it's kind of that's why I talked to you about the woman with the issue of blood she could not get well and the Bible says what she said within herself if I could touch the hem of his garment I'll be made whole in other words she was meditating on a promise that if I can just touch Jesus all this will be over David is another great example When his men wanted to stone him because their wives and children had been kidnapped they wanted to kill their leader and the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord how many know that sometimes it's not going to be the encouragement of others it's going to be the encouragement of yourself That sometimes you got to be able to push forward without the applause of people, without the encouragement of people, and you got to be able to say within yourself, "God is good. God is on my side." If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Anybody ever had to encourage yourself in the Lord, like it's not coming from any other place? So you got to encourage yourself. So there are times you got to do things without. The encouragement of other people and you can jot this down people usually arrive at the destination of what they have embraced to be true whatever it is you have embraced to be true that's the destination you will arrive at if you're going to arrive at a Bible destination a God destination then you have to plant the seed of God's Word into your life The bad news is, is that your life right now is the results of of your thought life. That's the bad news. The good news is, is that if you don't like where your life is, change your thinking. Now, now some of us, we hear that and we're like, nah, it ain't that that easy. It is that easy. It is that easy. It's fixing our mind on the things God has said. That's why we renew our minds through the Word of God. And, and that, That's how we do it. You ask, how do I change my thinking? It's through the Word of God. So we've read this verse each week I want to read it one last time Romans chapter 12 says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God That you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So Paul is telling us that the renewing of my mind, that when I actually renew my mind, it will cause my realities to change, that my thinking affects my my current reality, that my thought life impacts it. And the Word of God helps me to renew my mind so that that can happen in a positive way. If you hate your financial situation today, you need to learn something new about money. It's that simple. You need to learn something new about money. Uh, and once you learn something new about money, how many know? You can change your reality. So it, it's about your thought life today. And so our brain, throughout this series, we've learned our brain has two primary functions. Our brain is, is very complicated, complex, but two primary things is memory and imagination The problem that we face as as followers of Christ is that if we don't look toward the future and the promises of God, our mind will automatically revert back to memory instead of shifting into imagination. And and I've, I've tried to explain to you that your memories, and you may have a ton of bad memories, but it's still the size of a bedroom closet in comparison to your imagination and the future that God has for you. And the only way that I can walk out of the shadows and the pain of yesterday and memory is to shift to my imagination And start seeing possibilities that are so much bigger than the pain and the hurt that i've walked through How many are ready to step out of the shadow of yesterday and step into what god has for you today? I I have to move from memory to imagination. And so I got to be able to see possibility in front of me And so um, a lot of people, what happens is is the reason they're stuck in memory is because of trauma. And it could be physical trauma. It could be emotional trauma. Um, Studies have proven, I'm not going to go into detail because I'm not a doctor or psychologist, and I don't want to pretend to know or understand all of that. But when something traumatic happens in your life, whether emotional or physical, um, your brain does not function the same way it used to. Like they've done studies to prove that certain parts of your brain after you've experienced a traumatic event Do not function the same way it did before that event And so that's why it becomes important those of you that have walked through something traumatic It could be a divorce. It could be the loss of a loved one It it could be a, a ton of it could have been a sickness that you didn't see coming That was a traumatic event in your life. You've got to retrain your thinking And and, and instead of just meditating on the pain and the trauma, I promise that if you'll meditate on the Word of God and the promises of God, your mind will be renewed and God will give you a vision of something in the future that's greater than the pain you just walked out of. Anybody believe that your future is better than your past? Anybody believe that God has something for you, ahead of you, that far outweighs what's behind you? And so the battle that we're all facing, guys, it's the battle of the mind. This is the battle right here. Spiritually, I've taught you over the last five, six weeks, spiritually, you're good. Like when you get saved positionally, you're good. But the battle is for our thought life. And the enemy wants to bring thoughts into our life. He wants to bring lies into our life. And he wants us to agree with the lies. Now, a lot of people don't understand strongholds are simply lies that we believe That's what a stronghold is when, when I believe a lie That becomes a stronghold in my life And whatever I'm meditating on Will eventually play out in my life over time it, it will also multiply in my life over time And so as a follower of Christ If you cannot manage your thought life You can be saved and miserable at the same time now nobody wants to hear that kind of preaching Because we, we But, but I, I, I get to be around Christians all the time And guess what a lot of them are miserable Help us, They're miserable It's like my goodness I thought you were saved right. They are saved But they can't manage their thoughts and, and so here's the way I would explain, explain this to you um, We have a lot of different facets To our life um, First of all you are a physical being How many know you are a physical being Listen, if you ignore that, you will pay for it, all right? You're a physical being. If you ignore that, you will pay for it. You are an emotional being. If you ignore that, you will pay for it. You are a spiritual being. That's why you're in church today. If you ignore that part of your life, you will pay for it. This is gonna make some people uncomfortable. You are a sexual being. Some of y'all are real uncomfortable right now. You're a sexual being. If you ignore it, you will pay for it. You are a mental being. If you ignore that, you will pay for it. And the reason I bring that up is because some people will spend a lot of time in one area, but ignore the other areas. So the truth is, is that... I can place emphasis on one area and ignore the other aspects of my life. And the result is, is that I'm going to, I'm going to experience chaos in all the areas that I'm ignoring. And so some people are spiritually strong. Like they love Jesus. They can quote tons of Bible. They're always in church. They're always serving. But they ignore their physical health and they live off moon pies and never exercise. Now it makes sense, right? I'm spiritually strong, but physically I'm preparing for death. So I I can put emphasis on one aspect while ignoring a a different aspect. And and the one I'm ignoring, I will eventually pay for what I'm ignoring. And so um, with that being said, mind management means that I'm gonna control my thought life in all these different avenues. So go with me to Luke chapter 11. This is going to be deep. Hit your neighbor and tell them this is going to be deep. All right? So I'm going, to need your, I'm going to need you to use that mind today, all right? Luke chapter number 11, verses 33 through 35. It says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand. And those who come, come in may see the light. The the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. Now, how many? that's an interesting verse. Make sure the light that's in you, if it's light, make sure it's not dark. It's almost like it doesn't make sense. We're going to explain that. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. I I love this because he says, Jesus talking, he says, make sure that the light in you, okay, make sure that there is no darkness in that. Now look at Jude. I want to connect a verse to it. Jude chapter one, verse number six. It says, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain." But left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. You may want to underline under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Now, a lot of people, let's connect the verses. A lot of people are confused about how much power the enemy, Satan, and his demons actually have. When you read the Word of God, the Word of God indicates that for a believer, how many of you understand Satan has no power? No power whatsoever to those who are following Jesus. The problem is, that's what the Word says, but when we look at our lives many times, our lives do not reflect that truth. It doesn't reflect that truth in, in our in our lives, in our minds, in our thoughts. Because we many times we can see the enemy running rampant in our lives. The Bible tells us Jesus has disarmed principalities. The Bible tells us that he made a spectacle of the devil through the cross and 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 that he has all power over the enemy but many times when we look at our individual lives maybe our families we see you know uh, the enemy running rampant we see gossip we see dysfunction we see divorce we see lack we see sickness and we we wonder why the bible says he has no power but when we look at our lives it looks like he has power over us so we ha- we have to ask How did the enemy get in, and how did the enemy get that kind of foothold over my life? How does that happen? So Jude 1, Jude says that the angels did not keep their proper domain. Angels were created to be in heaven. Um, They were created to be in the presence of God. They are the heavenly hosts of God. We know that angels, some of them are musical. Some of them are worshiping angels. Some of them are warring angels. They go to battle. And there was an element of the angels, because they teamed up with Lucifer, that when Lucifer was cast out, how many know? One-third of the angels were also cast out with Satan at the same time. And so Jude says these angels were supposed to be in the presence of God. But because of their sin, they are no longer in Their proper place If they are not in heaven We have to ask Where are they? Well the book of Revelation tells us That the demons and Satan himself Will eventually be cast Into a lake of fire How many know that that hell has been reserved For Satan and all the devils? Come on all the demons Are going, going to be cast there the, the, the thing we have to understand, and I, I've said this before, we say, tell the devil to go back to hell where he came from. And it preaches good, but the devil's not in hell yet. Yeah, All right, he's not there yet. He will be there, but he's not there yet. So he's not in heaven, and he's not in hell. So we have to ask, where is the devil? Where are these demons, these fallen angels? We know that a reservation has been made but they are not there yet. Now the only American analogy I can give you to explain this would be uh, the Native Americans. And what I mean by this, the Native Americans um, are located in different parts of our country. And the government marked off certain territories for the Native Americans. And there is a boundary that is created by the government for them and watch this within their boundary within their territory native americans can operate their business they can live they can raise their families they can uh, conduct uh, their own activity within their territory all the rules in those territory uh, in those territories are different than the rules everywhere else are you following me they have their own set of guidelines they have their own set of rules that they can live by so satan and, and the demons have, uh, they're not in heaven but not in hell, but they are reserved in chains, and watch this, in utter darkness. In other words, God created a space for them, and we got to ask what was the space that God created for the devil, watch this, to do his business where he can traffic, do what he wants to do, operate his kingdom. How does, the, how does Satan do that, and where does he do that? He does it in a place called darkness. Everybody say darkness. All right, now this this is really cool. You gotta grab this. The reserve that, that Satan lives in is a place called darkness. Now you may say, what does that have to do with mind games, Pastor Chad? I'm so glad you asked because Peter said that God has called us out of darkness, right? that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, we've been called out of darkness, and we've been called into God's light. God never calls you out of one thing unless he's got another thing to take you into. And God says, I'm I'm bringing you out of darkness, that's where Satan operates, and I'm bringing you into light where I operate. Now check this out, in the Bible, darkness is not the absence of a light bulb, Darkness is not the absence of a a lantern or a flashlight. In the Bible, darkness is ignorance and and light is knowledge. In the Bible, darkness is ignorance and light is knowledge. And so in the Bible, the enemy in scripture and in our lives today, the enemy has been given a boundary where he has authority and it's called darkness. In other words, any place in my life that I don't have knowledge, light, and I'm in darkness, all right, then, then that means it's an area of ignorance, but it's also an area that the enemy can now traffic. Are you following me? So, so anywhere I am ignorant, Satan has authority. That's why, come on, hit your neighbor and tell him, light it up, light it up, light it up. Uh, God, I hate to put it this way, but I want you to get it. God has given the devil permission to operate anywhere you're ignorant. That'll cause you to want to turn the light on. Anywhere I am ignorant, he has authority. Any any area of my life where I don't know... Satan can have authority over my life, but any area I have applied the word of God and I I can renew that part of my life, which means that the authority of the enemy is now cut off, but it comes when I step into knowledge. And so if, if I don't know what God has to say about finances, guess what? The enemy has authority in my finances. If I don't know what God said about a biblical marriage, the enemy is given permission to have authority in my marriage. Any area that I am ignorant, Satan now has authority. So we have to light it up. In in the Old Testament, the prophet Hosea, he said it like this, he said, he's speaking for God, he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of light. They're stuck in darkness, they're stuck in ignorance, and the result is destruction. So any place I don't know what God has said, the enemy now has authority. So if you examine the areas of your life where you would say, Pastor, I feel like I'm taking a beating in this area of my life. My question would be, do you know what God says about that area or are you ignorant? Listen, ignorance is not like an insult. Ignorance simply means you don't know. You don't know. That's what ignorance means. It's to, how many know ignorance is different than stupid? Yeah. Yeah. Stupid is I know, but I don't care. Ignorance is I just don't know. I don't know what God has said. I, did, I don't know that I have authority in this area of my life. And therefore, the enemy is able to do what he wants to do. And Jesus goes on to tell us, make sure that the light in you be not darkness. Now, when I read that, It kind of confuses me, maybe it don't you. Make sure the light in you is not darkness, what does that mean? Simply put, God has called me out of darkness, out of ignorance, and into light or knowledge. Jesus is the light of the world. If I follow him and his teachings, then I live in freedom. But if I ignore or I'm ignorant to his teachings, then I live in bondage, because the enemy is, is given permission to traffic that area of my life. So make sure the light in you is not darkness. We can look at it another way. Make sure that the knowledge you do have is not wrong. How many of you know some people believe a lie? They got knowledge, it's just the wrong knowledge. They don't have God's knowledge on the situation. They have certain knowledge, but not the knowledge. Another place Jesus said, if the light in you is darkness, How great is the darkness? Make sure that what you know is right. Make sure that it's not the wrong information. Because if what I have in my head, I'm going to become what I'm thinking. It's one thing to believe a lie in your head. It's another thing to live out a lie. But, but But if I keep the wrong thoughts in my mind long enough, we've learned in the series, that will play out in time. Eventually what's here will come out in my day-to-day life. I wonder how many of us today are living an alternate reality. And what I mean by that, God has a reality for every person here. He has a destiny, a promise, a reality. I wonder how many of us are living an alternate reality. Because we have believed a lie, we haven't applied the truth, we have areas of ignorance or darkness, And so instead of producing God's reality, we're producing an alternate reality. Make sure that the light in you is not darkness. Make sure that you have the right information. Now look at 1 John chapter 5. I put the headset on to make sure I would teach this. Not just scream at y'all. Can y'all smile a little bit? can't see it anyway, that's true. <laughs> Wouldn't even matter. I said, I told Pastor Jazz, like, I've preached my guts out for five weeks. I've yelled and screamed, had no voice for, like, all the rest of Sunday, each week of this series. I'm like, I'm going to slow down and teach this last one. I'll be able to talk later, too. That'll be good. All right, First John chapter 5. Look at this, verses uh, 7 through 9. It says, now there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. The one line that really sticks out to me of this text is that the witness of God is greater than the witness of men. In other words, if you ever get an internal witness that you are going in the right direction, how many appreciate that Holy Spirit witness sometimes? that's you, you can't really explain it. It's a Holy Spirit witness letting you know that you're moving in the right direction. He's saying that that witness is greater than any encouragement you could get from people. That it's a greater witness. And this goes back to living internally instead of externally. If the people of God could ever live from the inside out, from the truth out, Instead of allowing our circumstances to determine how we live from the the outside in, we could change the world simply by living from the inside out because the witness internally, that God witness, is greater than the witness of people. If if you still need, and this is going to be tough, if you still need people to encourage you for you to do the right thing, you still got a lot of growing to do. If you still need encouragement to simply do the right thing, you got a lot of growing to do because the witness of God is always more powerful than the witness of men. So let's 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 shift gears for just a moment. Anything that that I can taste, anything that I can touch, smell, hear, see, all right, anything that comes to me in in the form of um, senses, um, we we know there's a difference in that than things that are spiritual. Um, How many um, understand that our thoughts are spiritual? Why? Because they're immaterial. I can't see, taste, touch my thoughts, but we know thoughts are real. Some of you had thoughts last night, you had thoughts this morning, you have thoughts about this sermon right now. Uh, We we all are dealing with thoughts, um, and we, we understand that thoughts come from a different realm. Now, everything in the world, this is a point I want you to get, everything in the world started with a thought or an idea, okay, everything. Um, The Bible says that everything you see came out of that which you cannot see. In other words, God had an idea of what he was gonna create before he created it. We can take it a step further. The shoes you're wearing right now, how many know those shoes started out as an idea? The car you drove in, did not start out as a car, it started out as an idea in somebody's mind. Um, The clothes you got on started out as an idea that somebody had. And so everything starts with a thought, everything starts with an idea. And it's the thoughts and ideas that we're able to meditate on that play out in our life. So whether our thoughts and ideas are negative or positive, if we focus in on them long enough, we're gonna push those thoughts and those ideas into a reality. It's the thoughts that we sustain over a period of time that play out in our life. Now, here's the other thing that I want you to get. Death cannot kill an idea. Death cannot kill. Um, The former uh, CEO of Apple, Steve Jobs, how many know he is dead? But I have used his idea all morning. I've used his idea. He's dead, but I've used his idea all day today. Um, we can look at um, democracy. How many democracy was created by men who uh, were tired of the tyranny of the king, and so they created uh, what we know as democracy. It was an idea that they had they're all dead but we all get to enjoy living under a democracy because death cannot kill an idea Martin Luther King jr. had an idea you can take the man but you cannot kill the idea ideas outlive people and so um, they, they don't die just because a person dies now here's what the scripture says there are three that testify in heaven the Father the Word and the Spirit these three are one. The, the Word, according to John chapter 1, we know is Jesus. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. The Word being Jesus. Jesus is His earthly name. We know that for 33 and a half years. But before He came to the earth as Jesus, how many know? He was just Word. Jesus was the Word. And so uh, God reveals, us, uh, reveals Himself to us through the Father, the Word, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit best way I can explain that to you is I am Chad Dingus and I am known to my kids as a dad I am known to my wife as a husband I am known to my parents as a son I am known to you guys as a pastor and so there are many different levels by which you can connect to me the same is true with God God is three in one but he's given us three ways to connect with him the father the Son, or the Word, and the Holy Spirit. We know that God the Father has a plan for you. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, God has a plan for you. All right, it's in the mind of God, He has a plan, a purpose, a destiny for you. We know that God accomplishes His purpose in your life through the Word. The Word renews our mind. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, searches the mind of the Father, and He knows everything about your life and then he comes and takes up residence in you so that he can reveal what's in the Father's head into your life. And so I'm saying throughout this series that if we could ever renew our minds through the word of God, we would have an internal witness that is greater than the witness of people that we're on the right track doing the right thing. How many ready to do what God has called you to do? He's made it available to you. He's made it available to me. And so we look at John chapter one, verses one through five. Check this out. It says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, the Old Testament and New Testament were written in Hebrew and in Greek. All right, and Hebrew and Greek languages are way more complex than the English language. In other words, they're, they're much broader, uh, they're, they're deeper. Uh, the English language is much simpler. And, and, and great example, we use one word many times for, for a ton of different things where they would have multiple words. Um, love is a great example. We lo- I, I think I ta- taught you guys this. We love everything. We love our wife, we love our kids, we love pizza. Come on, y'all. We love, And it's the same word. We just love everything on the same level. But in the, in the Hebrew and Greek languages, they would use the right word for love to describe that relationship. There were multiple words for it. Now, look, check this out. The Greek word in John 1 for word is logos. Everybody say logos. All right? In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was logos in the beginning was the word it's logos and it literally means an expressed idea an expressed idea so if you go back to john 1 and you look at the meaning in the beginning was the word you could look at it as in the beginning was god's idea and god's idea was with god and god's idea was god God's idea was in the beginning with God. Are are you following what I'm saying? So God had an idea and he, he had knowledge and we know that light is knowledge. Satan rules in darkness, but once we step into the light, Satan has no authority over us. God had an idea and this idea was light. It became the light of all men. The word, knowledge meaning, the word knowledge means the transfer of an idea. So God was transferring when the word, Jesus, came to the earth, from heaven to the earth, God was transferring his idea from heaven into the earth. How I many? There's all kinds of knowledge in heaven that God wants to transfer from heaven into the into the earth. That's why Jesus taught us that when we pray, we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus became God's transfer from heaven into the earth, and that idea became the light of men, and the darkness could not comprehend the light. Anybody thankful that when Jesus came. He brought a light that pushed back the powers of darkness. Now, walk with me for just a minute. I promise. We're, we'll land the plane in a minute. John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus, God's transfer into the earth, God's idea. If I follow Jesus, I don't have to worry about Satan ruling over me. Satan can only rule over me in the areas that I refuse to follow Jesus. So if there are areas of disobedience in my life, it means there are areas of darkness in my life, which gives the enemy permission to traffic and to do his business in that area of my life. And and so Satan is the prince of the power of the air is what the scripture says. But I'm gonna tell you, he is the prince of your ignorance. He is the prince of what you do not know. He is the prince of misinformation. When we think we're right and we're not right. When we got the wrong information. I want to take it one step further. Satan sets up his throne in the sermons you refuse to follow. Wow. Ooh. You, know, you know that sermon when you come and I preach something, you're like, ooh, I don't like that, I ain't taking it. Satan's setting up a throne in your life. Any area of my life that I refuse to follow Jesus, Satan has permission to traffic any area of darkness in my life. Every time I neglect the word of God, Satan is setting up his throne in my life. Jesus said, I have been sent from God, I am God's idea, and God sent me to show you who you really are. That's why Jesus came. And that's why when he would teach, he would blow everybody's minds. He would say things like, you have heard it said, but I I tell you this. You have heard it said, you know, um, eye for an eye. You know, you, tooth for a tooth. You have heard it said one way, but I am God's idea being transferred into the earth and I'm showing you a different way. Um, he, and, and, and as he taught, people would stand back and say, where did this guy come from? On what authority does he speak like this? And they were blown away at the light, the knowledge, that, that would show up in his teaching. And so he said, be sure that the light in you is not darkness. When you believe the wrong things, the wrong things play out in your life. And not only do they play out in your life, they multiply in your life. So many times we come to church and we want change. I, I just need a word, we, you know, I need somebody to pray for me, I need somebody to lay hands on me. We, we, we want to change, but what we have to understand is, is that I change when I turn the light on. I told you this is, this, this is deep. We want that quick microwave, lay hands on me and all my problems go away. But how are your problems going to go away through a prayer if you go back home and continue to operate in ignorance, darkness, giving Satan permission to traffic? So we can pray till we're blue in the face, but if you don't get some revelation, some knowledge, some light. I don't, I don't defeat the devil by running around the building all day long. I defeat the devil by turning the lights on. Right. <laughs> My goodness. If, listen, this room, because we built it with no windows on purpose. And the reason we did that, some of you like, y'all are dark people, you know? We did that so that we can control the light. All right? If there's windows, you cannot control the light. Anybody know what I'm talking You can't control it at all. So we build it with no windows whatsoever. And if you close these exit doors and you turn the lights off, and I won't have the guys do this, it is dark in this room. You turn these screens off and all the lights and you shut the... It, you can't see your hand in front of your face. But when I come in and click, I won't tell you which button, but when I click the button, the light comes on, and check this out. The light does not struggle with the darkness there is not a war taking place between the light and the darkness as soon as i turn on the lights the darkness dissipates it is dispelled and so i'm telling you anywhere that you are experiencing defeat Turn the light on on what God has said in that area and watch the darkness and the bondage and the addiction go as soon as the light enters that situation. I told myself I'm not going to preach, but I feel like preaching right now. Somebody give God praise if you believe that you can defeat the devil by turning the lights on. You can stand with me. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Worship team, come on. A couple more things I'm going to give you. Tell your neighbor real quick. Tell them, turn the lights on. It's the engrafted word we learned a few weeks ago. The word that becomes one with my thoughts that has the potential to save my mind. To save my soul. Soul being mind. It's the engrafted word. It becomes one. God gave Abraham a promise of a son. Abraham had to hold on to that word for 28 years. Some of us can't hold on to a word for 28 days. All right, it's the thought that I meditate on over an an extended period of time that begins to play out. It's not the thought that comes and goes. Listen, you can get a prophecy from God, but if you don't pray over that prophecy, meditate over that prophecy, listen, that prophecy will not play out in your life. It's conditional based on your response to it. And so I've got to meditate on that promise until that promise becomes a reality, even if it takes 28 years. The Bible says about Mary, everybody say Mary. The angel shows up and says, you're gonna get pregnant, and this is gonna be the son of God. And you're gonna get pregnant by a spirit. Go tell that to your boyfriend, right? That is crazy. Why, because it had never been done. But if you go back and read that text, when the angel shows up and says, Mary, you're going to get pregnant, you're going to give birth to the Son of God, the Bible says something very interesting. It doesn't say that Mary thought about it and then forgot it. The Bible says Mary pondered all that God said in her heart. What does that mean? It means that she meditated on what God had just spoken to her she began to meditate on this until it played out in her life and i love this because we know that god's idea jesus he wanted to transfer this idea from heaven to earth and this idea eventually how many of that idea was fleshed out and the bible says the word the idea became flesh and we beheld it 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 became a reality. I'm telling you, the promises of God start as an idea, as a thought. And and if you can meditate on that, if you can ponder on it, eventually what what starts as an idea becomes a reality. And you're able to behold it. You're able to see. You you got a promise of healing. But right now, the doctor says you're sick. But you keep meditating by his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am I am made whole. That that I am I am healed, I am whole in the name of Jesus. You meditate on that. How I many eventually that's gonna play out in a reality called you are well? <laughs> why do you think the battle is so so strong in our minds? The enemy wants to plant the wrong seeds. It's why the prophet in the old testament said, When you write the vision, He said, make it plain. He said, write it down, make it plain. Why? Because sometimes there is a long span between the promise and the reality. And a long span of time that, sometimes there's a long span of time of you trying to defend your vision. I could say it like this. When you first get a vision, you're the only one that can see it. And so you have to defend that vision. You gotta defend that promise because you're the only one that can see it. You may not get encouragement from family. You may not get encouragement from a spouse. You may not get encouragement from anybody or in your circle. And you have to defend that vision. But how many know if you can hold on to it long enough, eventually you don't have to defend that vision because the vision plays out and now the vision defends you. There was a time I had to fight And defend the vision i had for bethesda church but as i look around today i don't have to defend the 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 vision the vision now speaks for itself see if you can hold on to what god has said long enough and defend that eventually what god does in you it will start defending you anybody believe the word today it will turn around and defend you i want you to bow your heads close your eyes no one looking around for the next couple of moments I pray that you got something out of the word of God that you're able to turn the lights on, that your mind be renewed through the word of God today. But if you're in this place today or watching online and you're not in relationship with Jesus, Jesus, God's idea, transferred from heaven to the earth, died in your place, he wants to turn the lights on in your life. It only comes to a relationship with him. If you need Jesus to save you today, you need to have your sins forgiven. If you're in this place and you want to make that decision, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I need to be saved today. Anyone at all, anyone at all, say, that's me today. Not going to embarrass you, but if that's you, just throw your hand up long enough for me to acknowledge it. Anyone at all those online, we would love to pray for you as well. If you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, we would love to help you take that step. Jesus wants to do some amazing things in your life. Anybody thankful that you came to church today? Anybody thankful that God wants to turn the lights on in our life? Thank you so much for being here. We're going to do one more song. Let's worship God together today, and let's stand on His promises. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can go to bethesdachurch.tv give. We'll catch you on the next episode, and we hope you have a great day.